Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into another episode here of the 3304 Sports Podcast. Paul Bjorn Bergstrom back along with y'all today. And as this podcast season's been going, let us know how everything's been going here. We've been having a lot of fun uh, doing all these recordings, and it's been a great job and great pleasure for all the hosts that have been coming on recently. Uh, with that in mind, we are recording this uh, episode uh, right before the Virginia Tech for Pittsburgh game this week. Uh, we'll be talking a lot of uh, basketball, mostly covering ACC, mostly covering Tech, of course, here. But prior to getting into that, I want to welcome in the guest host of this episode, Gavin James. Uh, Gavin, pleasure to have you on. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here, and I'm looking forward to getting into talking about basketball. Absolutely. Now, I know you said to me prior that you uh, were a part of the studio show this week to do ACC women's basketball, but we're going to go ahead and start off with the men's side of things. As unfortunately uh, for them, it is uh, a lot less exciting at the moment for uh, what is going to be happening. Um, since the last time that uh, I had talked tech ball on here, the men have kind of been uh, up and down and up and down. Uh, get, you know, they've went on a win to loss streak over the past six games. So, I mean, I guess the bright side of that is that they could be thought to win against Pittsburgh. Uh, today, but Pittsburgh is also the number one team in the ACC. Uh, ultimately, Virginia Tech has kind of struggled throughout this season. Of course, the big losing stretch in the winter did not help much. Um, but ultimately, uh, I, I, I think the biggest question here, Gavin, is exactly what has happened uh, with this team, because it feels like the biggest issue is you, you, you'll look at the schedule and they beat UVA at home but then they'll go and follow that up with a loss to Boston College, a team that Mike Young has yet to beat, or they will go and follow that up with a win at South Bend, and then they'll go and lose to Georgia Tech, who's at the bottom of the ACC. So what's been the issue with this lack of consistency from the Virginia Tech side? I, I really just think it's shooting. I mean, it just seems that this season, this team has just not been able to figure out how to consistently shoot the basketball. I mean, you know, most recent game, Georgia Tech, you know, they shot below 30, they 26% from three, you know, and with Georgia Tech making 50% of their threes and you're not making 30% of yours at a minimum, it's just hard to, you know, win those games that you should be winning. And I mean, this team just, I just think that they haven't played at a complete whole unit this year. You know, we've had Basili going off in games. We've had Mutz going off in games, Padula in the beginning of the season, you know, having Hunter Couture hurt, during that losing stretch definitely hurt this team, but I think this team just hasn't come together and played full complete games. I think the closest we saw that was here in Castle against UVA, but I mean, it's, they just, they need to find a way to kind of play together for a full game of basketball from here on out. I like that you mentioned that for UVA, because I do tend to agree that that UVA game felt the most complete that this team had felt since what I would say is the most complete that they felt was all the way back in early December when they played UNC uh, here at Castle as well. That was, I think, the best Virginia Tech game that we have seen all season. One of the best performances that I've probably seen from the squad as a whole. It felt just like a very solid performance. I do agree. A lot of the issues with the team this year is shooting and shooting consistency. A lot of that has unfortunately kind of fallen on the head of Sean Padula uh, as there's been some games where, you know, uh, I, I believe the UVA game, he had a really solid performance, but then you'll have, uh, you had weeks prior to that for Padula where he would go uh, 
three of like 14 from the field, uh, two of 14 from the field against Clemson in South Carolina, um, three of 15 uh, from the field uh, away up north at Syracuse. So I, I think there's been some shooting issues uh, and it's not just been like shot selection. It's also been pure finishing for some reason, like a lot of stuff under the basket. I feel like there's been a lot of gimmies that we just haven't landed. Um Noticeably, as you mentioned, I think the air about this team has completely shifted since when, you know, watching them against UNC and then watching them over the past couple months at Castle, it just feels different. Uh, and it's not just the crowd, it's the team itself. And I don't quite get it. Um, what I think the ultimate factor is, is I think the Hunter Couture injury did a lot more damage than people may have expected it to have, um, which makes sense because he's the leader of the team, right? Um, losing someone that big and particularly someone that provided that consistent of three-point shooting, uh, that, that type of spark of energy in the middle of the game um, that can come out of nowhere. Missing that certainly did hurt. Uh, I would argue he's the best defender on the team too. Um, outside of that, I, I mean, I, I think it's just the team has never found a rhythm. And this is something that unfortunately has followed the team throughout the beginning of Mike Young's era here with Virginia Tech, but it is certainly reminiscent to last season. Last season, this team could not find a rhythm after the big losing streak in January. And then ultimately it took them to the ACC tournament where they caught red hot uh, to be able to win, uh, win it all uh, for the first time ever. But it's just, it, it shouldn't take a one-week hot stretch for this team to show what they're worth. Uh, it's certainly a stronger team uh, than they've unfortunately been able to show throughout the season with, you know, very much an unexpected loss to Georgia Tech, a team who is 10-16. and 16. I believe they played a team recently like Florida Tech who I've never heard of. So I, I, I just feel surprised that this happened, Gavin. Um, so, I mean, ultimately, with that in mind, I think this brings up the biggest question about Virginia Tech here uh, is the reality of the situation is coming a lot more of uh, let's not look at the NCAA tournament here for the men. Let's look at the NIT tournament for the men, because that's that's more the reality we're looking at unless we have another March miracle in the ACC tournament. Right. So. The question is, is, do you think that the men are going to make that? And if so, how should the fan base uh, take this? Is, is this an, like, is this a massive opportunity? Is this just an opportunity that needs to be, uh, happen? Is it something where is Virginia Tech at a point to where they can just reject the NIT? You know, I, I just think that fans and the team in general should think of any kind of playing postseason as, as a good opportunity, you know, take last year, for example, you know, Virginia Tech won and got to go to the NCAA tournament. Well, UVA didn't. UVA didn't make March Madness last year. So they went to the NIT and they won the NIT. So I think that, you know, Virginia Tech, if they make it cool, if they don't, you know, we we understand why we had issues shooting. We had injuries all throughout the year. But I just think, you know, right now, Tech, they're probably going to need some help to get into the NIT with the way that, you know, the inconsistency when it comes to wins and losses this year. But I think they definitely can, but it definitely starts with a win today against Pitt. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, you can also even take it as an example when I'm looking at the NIT bracket from last year, uh, looking at, um, think of a situation that uh, former tech coach at Buds Aldrin was in last year. Uh, I uh, uh, am of agreement with the committee that Texas A&M did not deserve to make that tournament, uh, the NCAA tournament, but they were able to get admitted into the NIT. And in the NIT, this went from, a you know, this was one of the higher rank, uh, ranked teams in it, but they went all the way to the finals or then they lost to Xavier by a single point. Uh, this Texas A&M team, I don't know if I would say that they're really massively better this season, but I would definitely say that A&M has kind of continued to, you know, at least not regress. Uh, I believe, you know, at least Xavier and Texas A&M, I think, have taken a bit of a step forward this year. I'd have to go and check their schedules again. The last time I knew they were both playing pretty well. Um, I would look at other NIT tournaments to really give you an example of, you know, maybe a big growth. But ultimately, um, when you're thinking of this Virginia Tech program, let's let's state the obvious here, right? The obvious with this program is that this is not a blue blood. This is not even an elite program. This Virginia Tech basketball program has been building up for years, right? That was the first ever ACC tournament win this program's had, not even regular season. They're among a few other colleges in ACC that have never won the regular season. Louisville, Boston College, Notre Dame, uh, all those teams have not been able to win the ACC regular season. So uh, among more, but that, that's kind of what the reality of this, this situation is. The, we are our next door neighbors. This isn't UVA. You can't expect excellence because that's not what has been established. This opportunity, this NIT, which I think is really special here, is the fact that we are growing in our recruiting strength. Um, it, it, I'll try to remember here, but I want to look up Rodney Rice's recruiting. But I remember we have a top 50 recruit uh, that is looking at Virginia Tech um, that is also being looked at like by Kansas and I think Tennessee and some others. And I think – Winning this tournament or not, but more importantly, being able to showcase not only the energy of Castle Coliseum, but more importantly, being able to showcase that the team can still work against other strong teams. Because, you know, whether it's a lesser tournament or not, the NIT is still filled with relatively strong teams. It can really garner you someone that has that top 50 talent. And Rodney Rice was uh, top 73. So I believe. Um, that this could possibly be one of the higher recruits that Virginia Tech has had in program history. So ultimately, I think being able to showcase yourself no matter what, kind of as you mentioned, is very, very, very key. And I will also note that maybe this can help draw more of a crowd for the women's games, as the, the women's certainly deserve that crowd, and we'll talk about them shortly. But uh, more importantly, if I'm not misremembering, I believe that Virginia Tech was the fifth seed last year in the NCAA tournament for the women. So they weren't able to get uh, a couple home games in Blacksburg. This time, it looks like that that will most likely not be the case and that they will be able to spend some time in Blacksburg. So, you know, maybe this can help kind of draw out that crowd and ultimately get a lot of positive energy around uh, the campus to where then you can entice some of these recruits or more importantly uh, you know, you can, you can get these players who are going to be returning next season um, even more 
uh, energetic and ecstatic and looking to uh, bounce back. Um, so and, unless there's anything else for Jane Tech-wise, I think there's only one other specific point ECC before we go into one last thing, which is uh, the fact that the ECC currently is being helmed by a team that has never won the ECC. Currently, with uh, still a, a little bit to go in the regular season, like five games or so, Pittsburgh is at the top of the ACC. This is a team that I don't think anybody expected to be here. But here they are, Pittsburgh Panthers, with an absolutely phenomenal season. The team that's going to be taking on for J Tech at Castle Coliseum today are tied with UVA for ACC regular season champs with and I'll count out for Pittsburgh, but I do believe I was right with five games to go. Yeah, there's five games to go. So with that in mind, do you think Pittsburgh can pull it off? Are you rooting for Pittsburgh to pull it off? Uh, or ultimately, do you think that Tony Bennett is either going to uh, win a clear cut or maybe even possibly have a co-championship with a Pittsburgh or a team that's right behind them in Miami? Oh, well, you know, I, I wouldn't. I don't know. I, I, I might be rooting for Pitt a little bit. You know, I want to see teams that don't win every year win. You know, I just think it's good for the sport, you know, just seeing different teams work hard, get the recruits, build programs and compete with these blue bloods, you know, in your Dukes and your UNCs. So I, I'm definitely, you know, I, I wouldn't say that I'm rooting for Pitt today, but I'm definitely rooting for them, you know, overall in the conference. Well, yeah, I don't know if I specifically mean today, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I think I like it. I like underdog stories. I like when history is made, and that is purely what would happen here. Um, UVA actually has 40 remaining. I want to see then why is – huh, weird. Uh, I, I, I digress. So it was this really weird conference-looking thing. Um, uh I don't know why I'm tripping up on this. Uh, it's, it's just kind of weird schedule uh, matchup for the ACC. It's, it looks like Virginia has like one less game, or maybe there's an ACC game that doesn't count for Pittsburgh. I digress. Um, I think something like this would be awesome. I think it's something that can bring a lot of excitement and energy around the ACC, as I would, I would be of the opinion that the conference has ultimately fallen off over the past few years. Uh, it's still in the power five, but, uh, you know, I would say that it's not as, you know, a lot of people thought of this as the basketball conference. I don't think it really is currently. Um, well, actually, it's certainly not, but it's just, I don't even know if it's, I would put a top three. I digress. Um, I, I just think that being able to have better representation, particularly if you want to look at it from a Virginia Tech perspective, having representation of these schools of anyone can win the ACC right now is going to really draw in recruiting, I think. I think because there's, it'll, it'll make it for these, uh, you know, mid-ACZ teams like uh, your Boston Colleges, your, you know, Virginia Techs, your Syracuse's, all that type of stuff. Uh, for, for some of those teams that are currently lowered down the totem pole right now, these players might be eyeing it up as, oh, we might actually be able to make history with this program. We may be able to win it with this program. And I think that that, in and of itself could be enticing. So I think a Pittsburgh win would be monumental for the conference comparatively to UVA because with UVA, all of us expected it. I was of the opinion since the beginning of the season that UVA was going to win the conference. 
But if Pittsburgh, a team that most people rank towards the bottom of the conference, come out of nowhere and win it, that's noteworthy, that's newsworthy, and that is a highly important result in terms of kind of pumping up energy around the conference. So I, I think that I want to be able to see them do it. It'd be another ACC team in the, in the NCAA tournament. There's just a lot of positives, I think, that come out of Pittsburgh winning uh, the ACC. Both teams not having hard roads to get there, but one UVA only has four games listed. Pittsburgh has five. So I don't quite know which ACC game wouldn't count for Pittsburgh, but I believe that's what would have to happen is either that or maybe UVA had a game canceled that they have to reschedule. Um, either way, I do think that it's going to be a, a fun uh, end of the regular season for those sides. And we are, of course, approaching the ACC tournament. It is a few weeks out. So uh, certainly exciting times here as we're finishing off. Uh, the regular season, which speaking of the last thing, Gavin, before we move on to the uh, women's uh, basketball conference here is talking about uh, top four for uh, the NCAA men's tournament. We are uh, uh, roughly a month out from March Madness, and this has certainly been a kind of uh, a fun season, at least if you're poll watching in a sense uh, to get a sense of some of these teams. Uh, Teams that you may have not expected up here, uh, you know, St. Mary's is barely behind Gonzaga. Kansas State in its uh, first year under new uh, new leadership. Uh, Marquette, I believe that's is his first or second year uh, under Shaka Smart. Um, Texas, after Chris Beard getting fired, is still up in the top ten. Uh, Florida Atlantic, I, I think this is a very interesting and very fun you know season, particularly kind of paying attention to some of that stuff. But when all is said and done, who would currently be uh, going into March Madness, your favorite teams here? I know we only have a few weeks left, so but we still have the tournaments. So ultimately, who do you think is going to end up as your four number one seeds, the quote-unquote teams to beat when it comes to March? Oh, so I think I'm going to start right near the top at number two, Houston. I, I think Houston's the best, the best team in the country. You know, and they are sitting at number two. They're on a six-game win streak. They just – they look really, really good. And moving on from Houston, I I think I'm going to look at UCLA a little bit. And I – you know, I know I'm skipping around. Purdue's lost a couple games. I don't know. Are Purdue – are they frauds? I, I don't know. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. So, you know, I, I do like Alabama too. So, I guess my top four would probably be Alabama, Houston, UCLA – and I might even sprinkle in, you know, Texas. You know, I don't know. It's either Texas or Cam- Kansas for me. Yeah, this is definitely hard for me. I, I, my fear is that if somehow Purdue is able to finish off the season, uh, that they're going to have a lot higher odds of the one seed than they probably should right now. Uh, this is a team that's lost three of its past four games. Uh I believe Northwestern was before polling this week. Yeah, it has to be because tomorrow's a Sunday game. So Purdue should be dropping lower. I do not think that they're going to end up uh, in a top four seed spot. It seems like they're suffering late season chokes again, as I believe they typically do. Houston and Alabama are 100% in my uh, two, uh, are 100% two of my teams here. Uh, Alabama, I think, is the clear cut best SEC team this season. Um, which is kind of surprising. I thought Tennessee was going to give them a little bit more of a fight. 
And yeah, Tennessee did beat them recently. So I'm, I'm not fully disregarding that. It's just more the sense that um, I'm, I'm surprised that Tennessee has as many losses as they have uh, on the season. But I digress. I think Bama is just a really strong team, and I think there's going to be enough energy around them to keep them up top. Uh, Houston being up there as well, I think, is going to be the reality of the situation just because it is one of the strongest teams in the nation as well. Uh, full agreement with you there. My other teams here are a little bit hard to kind of, kind of put a finger on because the Big 12 is seemingly going to shoot itself in the foot of uh, getting a, a one seed this year with Kansas losing every now and then, Texas losing every now and then, uh, with it being the by far best conference in college basketball. Um, I mean, there, there's genuinely just not a close second. It, it's, it's hard to really gauge if a Big 12 team could truly make the one seed. If there was a team to do it, it would be Kansas. And that's not me saying that out of Kansas bias. It is me saying that purely because Kansas is a blue blood and if they were able to win the Big 12 or maybe come just shy of winning the Big 12 and win the Big 12 tournament, that's going to be enough for the committee to put the Jayhawks as a one seed. Um, so so I'll, I'll put the Jayhawks up there for now, but that's very tentative. I don't, I don't know if that's going to end up being the case. Uh, the other team that I would currently have up there, it's really hard, but I'm going to go with a little bit of a possible committee East Coast bias, and I'm going to say UVA. Um, now it's going to be hard. I think UVA has to win the regular season, uh, and then either win the ACC tournament or just finish strong to probably be up there. But I don't think that's the most illogical thing to happen, right? It's last loss was against Virginia tech, uh, though they did struggle against Notre Dame and Louisville recently. So that's not a great sign for UVA, but all they have left now is Boston college, a team they beat by 20 plus points, uh, in Charlottesville. Uh, but now they're taking, you know, that trip up north. Then they come back down south three days later to play North Carolina uh, in probably the hardest away trip left. And then they have Clemson and Louisville. So they have a pretty easy finish the ACC regular season. So if they're at least champs or co-champs and they have a strong tourney performance, that'll certainly be enough, I think, to give the Cavaliers uh, that one seed nod when we're getting into the month of March. So... I, I think that's going to be my four, Bama, Houston, Kansas, and Virginia. But Kansas is kind of tentative. I can see UCLA being there. I can see Arizona being there. Uh, I can't see Baylor. The only other team I'd probably see is Texas, uh, as you kind of mentioned. So that's probably what we're looking at. But ultimately, uh, I don't know about you, but I think this is possibly the most excited for March I've been for a while. And that's not me saying that as I haven't been excited for March Madness, but it's because college basketball is such – such a mystery this year that I'm excited to see what's to come of the tournament. Exactly. I, I think it's absolutely amazing to see, you know, it's different seeing Alabama at number one. That's definitely something new. Mm -hmm. So I think this season as a whole has been, you know, ups and downs. You think you've got a number one, then they lose. You think you've got an up and coming team, something happens this might be one of the most entertaining March Madnesses we've had in a very long time. Absolutely. So uh, with, with that in mind, we'll now take a trip to the uh, women's side of ball, which is also just as exciting, but it's more exciting for the Virginia Tech fan base as uh, Virginia Tech is right up in there with possibly winning the conference. We have three games remaining in the uh, regular season for ACC wins ball. 
And Virginia Tech is one game behind first place currently with the standings as such. Duke and Notre Dame tied at 12 and three. Virginia Tech just came off of uh, rolling Duke uh, at Castle Coliseum. Um, so that is a big win for Virginia Tech. Uh, ultimately, a very, very good one for the poll and whatnot. But ultimately, it's also very interesting to see how Duke is going to recover from that. But Duke and Notre Dame tied at 12 and three in the conference. Virginia Tech at 11 and four. And then you've got a few teams behind at 10 and five uh, Louisville, Florida State, and Miami. Uh, but all teams that, you know, it would take a miracle for them to win or co-win uh, the ACC regular season this year. So ultimately, with this being said, and to give a little bit of perspective here, as we're closing out the regular season, Virginia Tech has three games left. They have North Carolina State, the team that's won the ACC for the past three seasons. Uh, they have them at home. And then they have two away trips, one to the Tar Heels, uh, who they beat earlier on uh, in January and one to the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, uh, who are currently one of the bottom teams in the ACC. Duke, in its final three games, has an away trip to Virginia, a team that has surprised people this year. At least they were surprising people to start. Uh, they've certainly uh, chilled out uh, as the season's gone on. They're one of the bottom teams in the ACC, but they're a team that has caused a little bit of chaos. Um, here and there, but then outside of that, they have two games against in-state competition as they'll be playing NC State and then longtime rivals North Carolina, both at home for the Blue Devils. And then finally, for the Fighting Irish, uh, they get to play Georgia Tech and Louisville in their last two games. Uh, Louisville has struggled a little bit this season, but ultimately still towards the top of the ACC. Just shows you how strong the conference is. Um, but then. Uh, prior to that, they also play Pitt as well, the Panthers in the bottom of the ECC. So all, uh, all of those combined, I think it's fair to say that Notre Dame probably has the easiest schedule left. But do you think that the Fighting Irish hold on? More importantly, do you think that Virginia Tech will get a share of the ACC or win it outright this season? Well, I definitely think they need help, you know, and I want to like look back at the Duke game on Thursday night, you mm -hmm. know, with Kidley and Amor combining for 40 of the 61, you know, Duke, Duke could not stop them on Thursday. And that was completely opposite of what happened in the first meeting with, you know, Duke holding Kidley and Amor to 11 points combined in that first meeting. So, you know, if, if Virginia Tech is able to ride the hot hand of Kitley and Amor for the rest of the season, I could easily see Virginia Tech winning out. The only issue with them winning the ACC is, is Notre Dame going to lose any more games? Is Duke going to lose any more games? You know, and I, I think it's definitely more possible that Duke loses games than Notre Dame based on the end of the season. Notre Dame, you're right. I agree. Completely has the easiest road to the ACC championship. You know, I just think Virginia Tech would need some help to win it outright. I definitely see more of a co-championship, but I'd love to see them win it outright. You know, it's just a matter of who wins and who loses and, do we get any help? Yeah, upon further assessment, as I've been looking at it, an outright championship would almost take a miracle at this point because, again, with Notre Dame, they're playing two of the worst teams in the ECC their next two games, uh, taking that trip to Pittsburgh. And then uh, outside of that, they also uh, play Georgia Tech. Um, now, if they would have lost this past weekend to Louisville, 
I would have been a lot more, it, it would have been a lot harder to consider if they would have or wouldn't have, because, you know, ultimately then they're at level terms with Notre Dame, but Notre Dame would still have to play Louisville in Kentucky. And then you'd have Duke who it's going to be very interesting to see how they rebound from their performance from this past uh, from their past game in the 16 point loss. So I have a feeling that Duke is going to at least finish tied with Virginia tech. It's just a function of, do we have a three-way tie for first or will it, will it just be Notre Dame finishing out on top? Um, if I was to really lock it in today, I have a feeling that it's probably just going to be Notre Dame sitting up there alone because I just don't think that they, it, it's hard for me to say that Notre Dame is going to lose a game with how strong they've been this season. Um, and particularly after they just beat Louisville and they, they're just playing them and uh, they're playing them again in eight more days. It's not like they're going to be unfamiliar with the opponent. Um, but that's not to say that it's out of the realm of possibility for Virginia Tech. If I was to give like an odds on of it uh, for Virginia Tech, I'd probably say that there's there's probably like a 30, 35% chance. I think that's reasonable to say for um, being able to pull off a uh, co-championship with Notre Dame, which would be the first ever for, AC, uh, for Virginia Tech. Uh, they have never won the women's basketball uh, conference here in ACC. I mean, granted, you know, Virginia Tech hasn't even reached 20 years in the ACC, but uh, that's also alongside Georgia Tech, Wake Forest, Boston College, and Pittsburgh. Uh, most of the rest of those teams towards the bottom of the ACC. Um, yeah, so, I mean, literally three of them right at the bottom. So, ultimately, Virginia Tech's had a pretty strong season. I think it's very exciting when it comes to the NCAA, but ACC, I think, unfortunately, is just uh, even that Clemson loss is going to haunt the ladies a little bit because if they did not lose that game uh, in South Carolina, they would be right there tied with Duke and Notre Dame. And we'd be having a whole different conversation right now. So ultimately it's been a very strong season though. It's been a lot of fun to be able to uh, monitor. Um, but outside of that pushing on though, again, as you said, very strong performance over this past weekend um, for the, uh, for the ACC uh, with that in mind, thinking of Virginia Tech here, before we get into uh, our final question, ultimately with ACC ball, um, where do you think that the ladies are going to be able to finish this season? Uh, currently, with where they're at in the AP poll, you would expect them to finish as a three seed currently, uh, but that's disregarding the Duke loss earlier and, uh, or, you know, the Duke loss from this week. So uh, the AP poll will, of course, update. And then outside of that, it's considering wins and losses, ACC tournament, et cetera. So uh, where do you think the ladies will end up? Well, I definitely think that they've locked in a three at the bare minimum, unless they, you know, something dramatic happens and they lose games on the way out. Uh, I think they can definitely get a two seed. Um, you know, when it comes to the, the ACC tournament, I think that they've got that. They've got a two seed almost maybe locked they might get the nod over duke you know it's just like i said it depends on how these last few games play out i i predict that you know virginia tech isn't going to lose anymore i think kenny brooks has this team locked in and i think that they are completely ready for whatever unc has to throw at them whatever nc state has to throw at them to or tomorrow 
you know, I just, I think this team's ready and they're definitely going to get a two seed. If I had to like lock it in, put money on it, that that's what I predict. So what I will say is I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's the top four seeds uh, in each portion of the bracket that will have the first weekend of ball. Right. So that Mm -hmm. means that you'd have four teams in Blacksburg, something along those lines, or it might slightly over, I might be overcomplicating that. It might just be that they just play at home or neutral ground. I, I actually, I can take a a look back as we continue to talk about it at last year's tournament. Um, But I think with the win against Duke that they have guaranteed themselves a four seed or higher in the NCAA tournament by this point. Um, and unless something like crazy happens, uh, I think that that's kind of where the women are going to end up. They've had a very strong season. They've done a lot to be able to kind of earn their way to this point. Um, so I think that that's probably going to be the outcome. Uh, but past that, if I was to really cement them a spot, I almost have a, a very strong feeling about this team heading into the ACC tournament. Uh, This is a team that's in red-hot form. The last time they lost was late January. They could lose again. Of course, uh, taking that trip uh, to North Carolina is not going to be easy. Uh, And NC State's not going to be easy as well. They're not a pushover team. They've won the ACC for the past few years. So it's hard uh, because there is some hard games left, and, of course, you'll have the tournament there. I would probably say that – if I was to just give it a straight average of maybe Virginia Tech doesn't win the ACC tournament, but they finish strong and they finish regular season strong, I think they probably finish as a three seed. I don't think that there's going to be enough teams to do better than them to jump them. Uh, so I think they would maintain where they are right now. I'm firm agreement with you there. Uh, I don't think they'll drop much lower. And they would take basically when I think if they won out though, and I think this is the interesting thing, I think if they won out, they could argue for a one seed, um, but probably end up being two. But I think that that's probably the, the extent of it because the one seed is going to be hard to capture off of, you know, South Carolina, Indiana, and Utah, all teams that have only lost a couple games. Uh, LSU who's only lost one game. UConn who's a blue blood of women's basketball. Um, I think that there's just a little bit too much uh, of gap that would have to be made at that spot. So I think two is the highest extent, but surprisingly, it's almost reachable, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I'm also double checking here as well, trying to see. uh, I pulled up the NCAA tournament. Uh, I don't don't know why I'm missing on this, but. Yeah, I, I, I can't even really see it on NCAA, which is really annoying, to, to be honest. But uh, I do believe uh, that that is how it goes. That it, at the very least, you have like a home game or two. Mm. I think um, it's a four seed gets to host their first two. That's what I thought. I, I thought it was like other NCAA tournament rules where the it's the four seed and higher hosts the first two, and then you have the regions, which – Last year was Greensboro, Spokane, Wichita, and Bridgeport, which could be very interesting for Virginia Tech because if they finish up uh, in that like eastern region, they'd essentially be at home, and you could see a decent crowd possibly traveling out for that, uh, particularly since Virginia Tech sports as a whole 
you know, they, they've had a lot of high moments, but I think this is possibly even the highest moment if they were to reach that. So, well, with that being said, we are reaching Rush Madness towards both those spots. We are, of course, reaching a little bit of madness today as we'll wrap up here with the game that will be the uh, games that will be coming up over the weekend. Um, certainly been a fun regular season, Gavin, but there are two games this weekend, both at Castle, that we'll wrap up this episode with. The first one, of course, the men's game today. Uh, and how we think that that will finish. Yeah, I, man, I, I would love to, you know, be confident and say that I believe in a tech win. Uh, I don't, this team has just had too many inconsistencies. I, I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's gonna be a high scoring game. I'm eighties, maybe even 90 points, but I think, you know, you know, Pitt's just going to take it in the end. You know, they're, they're top of the ACC. There's a reason for that. And tech is not. And there's also a reason for that. So I just I think that, you know, Pitt's going to be able to come into the castle. The castle is a hard place to play. So you can't rule Virginia Tech out of this game. But I just think Pitt is going to be able to overcome the uh, the castle. I, I'm almost leaning that way. I'm going to go against my gut here, though, and say Virginia Tech. And the only reason I will say that is because when I think about the scenario for teams like Pittsburgh coming into here, this, this is like the most uh, nervous spot that they're going to be at. Right. Again, this is a team that we did not expect would finish up here. Maybe they had different expectations uh, as a, as a group, but you're now at the dying embers of the season and UVA played just before you today. Uh, beating Notre Dame. Um, and I feel like that there's going to be added pressure to every game now towards the end of the season. And it's just comes down to the factor of uh, is Pittsburgh going to be able to clutch up or is Pittsburgh going to unfortunately choke? And I think particularly when you're at an away game at a place that can get as rowdy as Castle Coliseum, uh, I do think that that is a major disadvantage for the Panthers so I will say Virginia Tech, but that is me going against my gut. Um, on the other hand, uh, in a really fun matchup, uh, the last one that will at least happen for the regular season, the Virginia Tech women's team tomorrow is going to be taking on a top opponent, as we've been talking about in the North Carolina State Wolfpack, a team who won the ACC over the past few years. Uh, do you think Virginia Tech is going to continue the strong road they have set for themselves, or do you think the Wolfpack are going to uh, – get a major win here for uh NCAA uh tournament berth. Yeah, well well like I said uh, during the women's segment it's just I, I think Kenny Brooks has this team in final form. Like I think that they're ready to just completely throw it out all out on the table, make a push. I, I think they sweep the Wolfpack. I you know they beat them pretty heftily uh last time that they met. So hmm? no I was agreeing with you. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. So they beat them pretty, pretty heftily last time. So I, I don't see many struggles with that, especially being at home now in the castle, you know, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've certainly noticed this year, the stands and the women's have, they've been a lot larger than normal. So it's definitely good to see that. I think that, you know, the castle's having an impact on teams coming here, both men and women. So I, I, I think this, this women's team is going to, going to beat the Wolfpack probably handily again. You know, I'm, I'm predicting a double-digit win, which, you know, I, 
I think that that's just what it comes down to is this Virginia Tech team is better. And, you know, yes, NC State's won the ACC the past few seasons, but, you know, I think that, you know, this time NC State this year, they've had a little bit of inconsistencies. They've taken a step back and Virginia Tech has, you know, slid into that spot saying, hey, we're here now and this is our ACC. This is our conference. And they're going to they're going to continue it today by beating the Wolfpack. Uh, I'm kind of in agreement as well. Virginia Tech have now after the Duke game won their past five. Uh, and the last time that they came up against the Wolfpack, as you mentioned, they beat them in North Carolina by 12. Uh, so that's a pretty substantial win in a place that is expected to be pretty uh, expected to be pretty hard to play in in Raleigh. So I think they're taking the trip up here. Uh, again, I'm also in firm agreement. It does feel like the Castle crowds just get, kind of get larger and larger as uh, the seasons have gone on for Kenny Brooks, and it certainly felt that way this season. Um, and if I remember right, I think the last home game uh, last year uh, was against NC State or was against at least some sort of opponent. And I remember I coming, uh, I, I went to that one and the student crowd was large, uh, larger than what, what it even was against Duke. Uh, I called that game earlier this week with uh, Robert Bateman. So I, I do think that the, the student section is going to be even larger. And with all the support that, the uh, Virginia Tech community has been giving this women's team. Uh, I do think that that is a little bit too much to overcome uh, here. So I, I would be in firm agreement that I think Virginia Tech is going to be able to pull out a win. I also think getting a 16-point win against the number one team in the conference is a little bit hard to drastically regress from. And I think it would take a drastic regression to lose the North Carolina State or at least lose by you know, a lot. So it's not that North Carolina State doesn't have a chance. It's just more... Virginia Tech now is probably in white hot form, hard to beat type of form. So I, I, I'd have to favor the home side in that aspect. So with that being said, Gavin, it's been a pleasure to be able to talk uh, men's and women's ball with you here today. Uh, we are, of course, going to have some more episodes here coming this week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but with that being said, that's going to be another episode here of the 3304 Sports Podcast. We are closing in on March Madness. We're closing in on a lot of exciting times here for sports as a whole uh, it is going to be very fun to be able to cover it. And we hope that you stick around with us to be able to listen uh, and get more and more information on Virginia tech in the world of college basketball as a whole. So that being said, thank you all so very much for listening. And I hope you all have a great rest of your day.